Welcome to Aviation United by Aviation Zero. I'm delighted to welcome Life Coach with over 20 years experience in the aviation industry and founder of floodlightcoaching.com, Little Steps to Big Places, Miss Louise Carney. How are you doing, Louise? I'm very well, thank you. Absolutely delighted to tell you. I'm 50 today. So well, well, happy birthday. I'm sure all happy. listeners will be wishing you a, a very happy birthday on this uh, wonderful day. So let's get cracking on, Louise. So tell us a little bit about who you are or what you are. So my name is Louise Carney. I'm married to Porg, a.k.a. Podge. Uh, we have three beautiful children, Louise, Zach. Um, they're going to be 15 in October. And we have a little girl, Millie, who's going to be 12 tomorrow. Um, I've just completed a life coaching course with the ILI, the most amazing year for my own self-development, great self-awareness, insights, and um, looking forward to, um, you know, going into business and helping people to find a little pathway for themselves and get them back into that driving seat. Okay, so let, let's chat a little bit about um, uh, Floodlight Coaching. Uh, dot com, which is your uh, your your company. What what what's behind the uh, the the inspirational motto of little steps to big places? What what does that mean? What does that mean to you? Okay, so um, little steps to big places was probably the wisest words. Well, it kind of conjoined what my mom used to always say, like climb the ladder and take each rung at a time. Don't climb it too quick, or it's going to be the part of the fall. And it always went to from even emotional to physical. Um, you know, get to that place was always, I always heard myself saying, the little step will get you to that big place. Um, so it could be in asserting myself in a conversation. It could be, um, you know, I decided um, in 2008 after we had Millie that I always liked distance running um, to do a marathon. And um, it was that little step to the big place, you know, hit the wall, take another couple of steps, you're nearly at the line. Um, so that was my motto in every walk of life. And I always found myself if somebody was uh, needing a little bit of a, you know, need, needing some help or they needed a shoulder to cry on. I always found myself saying to them, don't worry, everything will be fine. Little steps to big places. So that's where it's coming from. Um, and I always found it very valuable. Well, very good. So you, you were, you were, you were, um, you've been in the aviation industry for how long, Louise? Um, I joined um, Earth 1000 on March 19th, 1996. And ironically, we repatriated the last of our guests on March 19th, 2020. So 24 years to the day I have been flying. Wow. And what was that like? Um, I've had an amazing journey. You know, Earth 1000, uh, we were the crew that set Dublin up. Um, they were based uh, over in the UK and Scotland. Uh, they since opened bases in Cardiff, um, but Dublin was their first. It was like you know the first uh, base that was opened here in the ROI. Um, they since opened a base up in Belfast too. So we had the, like the best of training um, back in March 1996 because obviously they really wanted uh, Dublin to work and to expand and grow. So we were trained by the best, and our managers at the time they were called number ones and number twos. Um, they wouldn't. They wouldn't be called that now, would they? Number ones, number twos. Oh yeah, no, absolutely <laughs> not. And when you think back, and which has evolved, no, we're called cabin managers now. Actually, or senior crew members, uh, depending on what um, airline you're working for. Because in the summer, we work for Sunwing, 
we work under Sunwing, so they have a different terminology. But uh, no, we've done pretty well here in Dublin. It's expanded and it grows and has been grown rapidly. So, um, yeah, so it's great. We have a lot of repeat guests. It's lovely to see, especially in the wintertime. We get to see a lot of our uh, guests time and time again. I have a family that travelled to the same hotel. I met them on their 40th wedding anniversary some time ago. Oh, wow. And Actually, they were on the last repatriation flight and I've literally never met their grandchildren, but I know them because every time they fly with us, I always say, well, how's the family growing? Uh, the four grandchildren now. And um, so they'll always have a photo ready for me and to show. So it is lovely. It's very much a family um, environment and uh, we're a very small base. We all look out for each other. Um, but it's been a fantastic journey. I had the pleasure then actually day I joined Earth Thousand, the inaugural Round the World trip, departed to Argentina from Manchester. And that day I did a five-year goal for myself, uh, peaking in the fifth year. So uh, the trainer that day was amazing. She was so wonderful. And um, she actually said, look around the room, there's at least one person to three people that you will take the rest through the rest of your life. They will be your friends for life. She couldn't have said a, a truer thing to all of us. Um, because one of my best pals was actually the person that diagnosed me. What I'm going to talk about is menopause. So it was actually... That's brilliant. We're just going to move on to that there. So let's let's, let's get chatting about menopause then. So as as an ignorant man, I try not to be as ignorant as possible. Um, But what is menopause? What is it? Menopause would be, how could we make it as simple and in layman's term is the end of a woman's menstrual menstrual cycle okay so anything with signs and symptoms prior to the end of the cycle would be considered perimenopause and you're only menopausal for one day and then everything after your menopause day is postmenopause. right but i'm really here to um focus on menopause and and how we can influence conversations within our workplace okay because uh, I had a light bulb moment about 18 months ago where I was invited in to do a course for a day or so on how to give feedback to Generation Z. Okay. So I did some research before I went in to the course, which was one of that after eight seconds, they have, an ex- uh, uh, they have the span of eight seconds. That's all you get them for. So when you're giving them feedback and then... Um, can I just interrupt you there, Louise? What, what is Generation Z, just for our listeners? Well, actually, when I looked at it, it's actually age five to approximately age 21. Okay. But we've, um, Generation Z is the latest generation, and then we have the Snowflakes Millennials, and then I come under Generation X. Okay. Which, <laughs> yeah, I'm 65 forward right. to 81. And then before that is the Baby Boomers, post-World War II. Okay. So actually have four generations within our workplace right but i was invited in to do some feedback on generation z and that was i love you know i love to learn and i love any type of training to enhance my skills but i thought right okay so this is wonderful i'm getting to know about this generation so what do they know about me and what do i what do they know that there's approximately i would say eight to ten managers in my workplace that are peri or menopausal or from generation x Okay. So I had a good chat and on my feedback, I asked, was there going to be any focus groups or could we have some time out that we get to understand every generation and what we all can bring? 
to our workplace. So through that conversation, I learned that people aren't particularly comfortable. And some of the managers that I spoke with or people within that category were not comfortable to talk about where I believe that we can influence each other to be comfortable being uncomfortable. Because I think we grow when we're uncomfortable. Yes. So um, be it through humour, be it through chat. Um, and what I noticed was that um, talking to, you, you'll appreciate where I'm coming from, talking to pilots. Sure. I'm very comfortable telling a pilot, we said, how's your day going today? Oh, God. Well, I'm not going to be a victim of my hot flush or last <laughs> or I'm not going to be a victim of it. So I came up with the three C's okay. and it's bizarre. Once I start the conversation with them, they're actually intrigued and they will share their own experiences from their home life. Right. So what are, what are the three C's? So the three C's, um, well, this is my mantra. Um, and I think all ladies and women should celebrate if, if, if you're at menopause stage or perimenopause, as harsh as you may feel it is, that's your body actually doing what it's supposed to do. So when I, I just celebrate, I acknowledge. If I have a hot flush, I celebrate it. I acknowledge it. And the next day is to cherish the moment because I'll never get the moment back. And then communicate it. And I'm very comfortable communicating any of those symptoms. Right. So when I influence and chat about it, it can be in a humorous way. It can be in, but it definitely works because I've had recently, actually one of my last repatriation flights, um, a first officer, we were chatting away and he was like, how are you getting on? And um, I had gone down to disarm the door and one of the symptoms is weight gain and the lining of my skirt ripped so badly up to my backside. And I was like, Okay, thank you. That's really great. Thank you. And I happened to share it with the first officer. A sight to be um, seen. A sight to be seen. A wonderful, beautiful sight to be seen. <laughs> and the first officer was like, what is it? I was like, oh, Daz, that's the last time I'm eating anything out of that crew cart. This is another sign. And he was like, what sign of what? Mm-hmm. Perimenopause. I'm going to celebrate the lining of the skirt because I was going by the three C's. And when I communicated, he's one of three boys. Right. And he was like, God, Louise, my mum, we all thought she had depression. And I said, okay, so why don't you have a chat with her? And he said, what's the sign? So I was telling him, and I was quite open. Um, now, I'd be bold. I do like a bit of a reaction. So I said, it can be anything from an emotional or it can be physical. So emotional would be teary, um, could be very much like going from naught to 10 with an emotion. It, you know, it could be feeling angry. Uh, the physical aspect could be um, weight gain, it's hot flushes, it's vaginal dryness, you might lose your libido. So oh, that- vaginal dryness before lunch, mm, that's that's one to, uh, for the yeah. listeners. Yeah, okay. Sorry, but it has to be spoken about. Sure, you need to be about the symptoms. So Phil, you know, I could see him internally vomiting and being most uncomfortable with me. However... It opened a conversation with him, and I'm on, that was probably uh, three flights to go before March 19th. And then we had an amazing conversation. Bizarrely, through that, his mum said, Yes, that was part of her menopause, and thanks for taking the time to even chat. He said he loved the chat with her, and um, you could clearly see that 
you know, it empowered her to talk more. And then on the last flight I did with him, a captain has, unfortunately, his marriage um, had gone its separate ways. Right. And he talked about the loneliness he felt through that period of time. Um, and again, we added a bit of humour. I said, okay, I bet what happened is she had a hot flush during the night, starting to kick the blanket, the duvet off her. Has the hot flush, now the clothes are coming off. You're feeling affection. You move over, you start to be affectionate. Worst thing you could have done, because what's wrong? She's no libido, vaginal dryness, recipe for disaster. Um, anyway, that was one thing that we got to talk about. And I'm quite comfortable with it. Not saying that I have all those symptoms. Sure. But it does open conversations. And, you know, it's, it, it takes away from the whole taboo of who we are and what we are. Yes. So I would love nothing more through my coaching now is to encourage groups, especially we're in a very confined space. It's a very safe place on occasion for people to talk. And we do talk. You know yourself, David. You're a captain. We can go into the flight deck and chat about anything and everything. It's a safe place to talk. It is. However, not everybody is comfortable talking about it. But I think what we could benefit from is some focus groups, particularly in the aviation world, because we do have all characters. We also have all generations. Um, And I think it's very good for CRM. So I think it would be pilots and crew. But I also think in any of our industries and any of our workplaces, um, I put it out to my WhatsApp groups. And um, being a mother of children, I've lots of, you can imagine from class WhatsApps, I'm quite comfortable to ask the moms in those WhatsApp groups, my closest friends. I asked yet, only as recent as yesterday group, um, and only one person came back. And I'm delighted to say the person that came back to me to say that they were invited to a workshop was in telehospital. Okay. Outside. From every profession, nobody was ever offered. And then I went back to my aunts that are a little bit older, obviously. Um, and we talked about how they went through it. But sure, they were told they were mad. So it's, it is the taboo around it. It's a lack of understanding. But the more women that are empowered to influence conversations and be very comfortable talking about how they're feeling, we will rid of the taboo. And that there will be a greater understanding as well between our generations within our workplace. So do you think, I mean, the aviation industry in general, that there's not enough of these focus groups within the, within the industry? I know the industry is very, very uh, highly regulated, which is obviously for safety reasons. Um, but we're talking about here with, you know, real people, real lives. Um, I mean, can there be more done or should be more done to actually have Absolutely. these focus groups you mentioned? Absolutely, because, you know, as some women sail through it, and uh, you know that's incredible for them, but there's some women that deal with menopause through an emotional journey, and that emotional journey can become particularly lonely for them. And like I think back to 1996, and one of the seniors that I became very close to, um, she was never blessed with a relationship, but that added its own because she had, as she called it, early menopause. Mm-hmm. So Perry is kind of, uh, that's really, that's a, a, you know, a term that I've only heard in the last four or five years, but I would have heard of early menopause. Yes. And when I think back how she, that was like 20 years, 24 years ago, she was talking about how she was feeling. So unless we speak openly and, and we change and evolve, evolve, it's, the taboo is never going to go. 
but if we're in a, in a very um, safe place in our, in our focus groups um, and, and inviting men and women, because men will be going through that not necessarily in their workplace and dealing and managing with their, their colleagues that, that could possibly be going through it in their private life. So, so you I mentioned think, you mentioned relationships there uh, previously as well, Louise, like with, with getting the men involved now uh, to try and understand menopause. So how how have you seen or or experienced it, it affecting relationships? Well, when I you know if I'm chatting, um, and when I what I have noticed in my chats, so obviously they're very personal. But if I could just give you some idea of the conversation. It's generally one of the guy that I said perimenopausal to, I'd never met him. But like, he asked me to walk down to the aircraft sometime later and told me that his wife, he actually told me if I was to recall, at the end of that flight, we had a new onboard system that crashed. And he said to me, Louise, Louise, you've been misdiagnosed because you wouldn't be dealing with this so well if you had perimenopause. And he said, I should know, my wife is, I won't say what, you know, that was his wording. And sometime later, he asked me, could you walk down to the aircraft with me? And he spoke very, very honestly about where he was in his marriage. It was affecting how it was affecting. And I asked him, I said, like, does your wife know how you feel? And he said, no, I can barely speak to her. And I said, but does she know how, you know, has she told you how she's feeling? And he said, no, he said, there's a lot of damage there. And I said, but like, do you still love her? And he said, oh, I absolutely love her. I said, but sure, that's the start of something. At least do you have that going. Yes. Not all negative. Anyway, without obviously, again, it's confidential. It, you know, he went back. Uh, the wife is over through the summer because obviously he's based in Dublin. And I had a lovely card and a bottle of wine in my draft file to say, Louise, thank you so much for the chat. Um, they were out in Malahide. They're based out in the, the marina there and they'd gone for a lovely walk. And he said things, you know, he couldn't believe the change just by talking about it and having an understanding and understanding her more. Yes. Um, so we got talking about like women and men could have the same pain in their arm. But and you could give a woman and a man the same medication for the pain in their arm and it will not heal the woman because women's pain generally come with emotion. So without getting into all of that, there is a difference of a lot. Women carry a lot of emotional pain. So try to understand that emotional pain too. But without getting in, the, the, the focus I would like is in our workplace to do some focus groups or to do spend some time on Generation X and encourage other generations into those groups and other genders. Yes. So greater understanding of who we are and what we have to offer. Um, and I've also in, noticed a trend with women when they're going through it, their self worth seems to be a problem, or the lack of it, or you know my reproductive system is gone. So what am I and who am I? So from a coaching aspect, that's something I would you know be very passionate to work with. Um, so they have probably so, they, they encountered an, is a low self esteem because they probably yeah. don't understand themselves, is it? Well, they, they become victims of every symptom. They become, subconsciously, they're becoming victims. They're, there's a lot of anger there. Like, like you're, you're fine one day. I mean, I was fine one day. And then I shared with my, actually the girl I sat with in our 2000, Nicola Ball, or Nicola O'Brien Ball, um, 
Hi, Nicola. <laughs> I, shared, I, I shared with Nicola. I was like, God, I feel very anxious about everything. I'm very tetchy. And, but Nicola is a great advocate. It was her that introduced me to perimenopause. So she actually diagnosed me with right. perimenopause. And then, you know, supplements to take. And then we learned, we, we did a journey together. If I was to be honest, we, we've gone to a couple of conferences around menopause. And um, seeing from, like, as I call it, the compound side or the conventional side. Um, but um, definitely running any form of exercise is amazing to get you through that too. Um, and uh, so mine is eased somewhat because I do so much running and now cycling. Um, so the exercise really helps. Is, is the, um, what's, what's the general age, Louise, for, uh, say, the beginning of... They say generally in around 45 to 55, but like, to be honest, Dave, everybody has a different... You know, there's some women, unfortunately, could, could be as early as 18, I think, from what I remember in the conferences. Um, but I suppose what I learned from it is that I need to celebrate. I've been blessed with our three beautiful children. So my reproductive worked. So I, I now I'm moving on to a different chapter in my life and I need to celebrate as all women. That is your body doing what it's supposed to do. And, it, and just to become more comfortable being uncomfortable. But the greatest way we can, you know, evolve, and it's come a long way through research and, uh, you know, supplements, nutrition, awareness. You know, it, it's come a long, long way to where it, ha- where it was, you know, back to 20 odd, 25 years ago, 30 years ago. And, and MAD was always associated with menopause because they didn't have a great understanding of what was but now we do have a great understanding and the greatest understanding we need to tell ourselves is how blessed you are that your body is working the way it should be working. Yes. So why I say celebrate, acknowledge whatever symptom it is, cherish that moment and communicate. If you don't communicate how you are and how you're feeling, you're going to be that victim. You're going, you're going to allow yourself to become a victim of that symptom. And by communicating to others, Men, women, generation. I, I've had a great conversation with my daughter and my two nieces about it because in their sex education talk in fifth and sixth class, they are now, it's, it is touched on. Menopause is touched on. So it was never touched on before. It was just about menstruation and reproduction and, and a sex education. They are now realizing that young girls, because they can't pinpoint when it's going to happen, so they have to touch on it quite early and they do touch on it now, I believe, in their sex education talks. Which is good. It's a positive sign. But as you said yourself, Louise, that it's, it'll, be, it'll be even better now if they, if they can implement some, some of these life coaching um, uh, or focus group practices within uh, every company and especially in the aviation industry as well. Because um, there is a lot of women in this industry. Would you agree? Absolutely. 100%. And I know, I, I know from even my own influencing of conversations that it creates self-awareness with other women and it creates a conversation where they're very comfortable because it's a safe place between two people. But when you talk, we all learn from each other yeah. because every journey, it's so personal. Everybody's journey is very different. So you, you, you mentioned there, it, Louise, previously about running and supplements and stuff like that. But uh, I have a little, a little uh, humorous story, I suppose. It's um, I was at a 
a party. I think this is going back now a couple of years ago. And uh, the uh, the wonderful lady at the party, she had found these magnets which were used to uh, aid, I believe, the uh, the process of menopause. But, I mean, by the end of the night, she was turning into Yuri Geller that uh, <laughs> knives and forks were being bent and fridge doors were being opened and drawers <laughs> were being moved. Um, she had this wonderful knack. But, I mean, have you have you heard anything, anything else that can help not just specifically to magnets for for uh, for menopause well i suppose hot water and lemon first thing in the morning give yourself 30 minutes because that's a great way of getting the liver functioning right and then disposing of any toxics uh, toxic hormones it helps um magnesium i found i'm now using active liver i also um vitamin d spray um, but I, I'll be honest, I think the greatest and cheapest form of support to yourself is exercise. And how often do you, would you do it yourself? Are you talking about every day? I know you were mentioned before that you're, you're a, you know, you're like the uh, iron lady, so to speak, in terms of you you're, you're run all the time. Is, would you recommend that every day or a few times a week? Well, I tell you, be honest with the, the, the with the perimenopause, um, I had been in a running club doing particularly well and through the anxiety that I was uh, I was um, displaying, let's say, I found myself going back, retreating back and doing a lot of stuff, like a lot of my running on my own. And I did lose my mojo. Now, thank God I got it back. But um, I kept saying that little step to the big place should be fine. Everything will work out and you'll get back to that place because otherwise what you start to see yourself is you lose the confidence and then it's like, oh, you become a victim of it and you don't want to be a victim of it. You want to run through it and you want to be able to look back and say, wow, and, and tell the next person, you know, what motivates you? What, what do you love best? Go to that place that you love best and share it. Like when we're on the road, our mantra is what's on the road stays on the road. Be patient and kind to each other. But like I run predominantly with women yeah, but the couple of guys that we run with will have heard all of this. But they and they are a great support. They love talking about it now. <laughs> they love. It. It's good, yeah. which is great. So you know, and then on I I you know any of the the marathons or ultras that I've uh, completed, same thing. I you know you don't know who you're going to walk with or run with next, and it's sharing and caring for each other. Yeah, being a good listener. Because generally people that are running, they're running for the same purpose, for their well-being. So it's, again, another safe place for them to empty themselves. But um, that's what has worked very much and very well for me. Um, and I would suggest, and I know at one of the, the conferences I was at, the guest speaker was a running coach. And it turned out he was actually my daughter's running coach. So when they asked, has anyone got how's their libido or their vaginal dryness. You can imagine that I never put my hand up. Even if I had it, I wouldn't have put my hand up because my running coach, it was a Thursday night and I'm going to see the running coach on the Friday. So right. that wasn't me, but like he was the guest speaker and he was uncomfortable and he told me he was uncomfortable. But by the end of his speech, he was very comfortable because the women were delighted. And he's, he went from something like five or 10 uh, runners in his club that I think he could be up to anything up to 200 now. Wow, okay. He's That's doing, 
amazing. And, and they're all women coming from uh, wellness warriors, lovely lady. Um, and, and she would say the same running. Now, she is a health coach and an amazing lady, Catherine. But my, my appreciation for menopause is really within the workplace. And that's, that's the focus I would like to coach in. And predominantly in aviation because we work in a very confined space. And down to even the materials that we wear, are they the right materials? I believe the Manchester Police Force, they've changed their material for women. The London Police Force could be there. I do know the airline uh, who I work for, TUI, they've changed the material for menopausal women. Oh, wow. Um, okay. Race, that's a great... Uh, great progress yeah that's i mean i I'm, I'm aware i mean this this is me probably being uh outspoken here but don't particularly care is that there's a lot of airlines that they they base a lot of the focus on appearance so um the ladies have to be of a certain size a certain weight uh they have to you know look quite good to lead that image and i totally understand that but then when you have what you're trying to promote it can be quite difficult on on, on a woman to uh to fit that image if you understand what i mean yeah absolutely and you know a lot of airlines now are allowing the ladies to wear trousers but is that material that or is that the correct material so it's okay that's that's evolved that's a great progress trousers but is it the correct material yeah nylons tights the worst type of material when you're going through menopause right i, I didn't know that myself actually okay right Cotton, sure. So allowing air, um, allowing you know, breath space within that material, per se, or for you know, especially for those hot flushes, mm-hmm. it's the material that we need that best suits what you're going through, the symptom. Um, so I know that has changed in our workplace, which is fantastic progress. Um, I know in London they have a badge. Uh, the ladies can wear the menopause badge, and I believe that on the tube. You're not allowed to stand eight inches within eight inches of that lady because it's a sign of she needs that space. Right. So there is a lot of evolvement, evolvement and a lot of progress, but there's a long way to go. Um, you mentioned something there, Louise, with regards to hot flushes. I mean, um, it's, you know, when somebody sees somebody having a hot flush, you don't really realise how they're feeling, um, and especially in an aircraft tube. Um, what, what can be done, I mean, to help them? even with hot flushes i mean is it just a case of hydration is it just a case of cooling yourself down and what what can be done or what can you recommend well you may not you may not even notice somebody having a hot flush generally they will tell you or you might see them being a little bit um not focused or i would generally know because i i i'm i know my peers and i know the ages there and, and we share that are quite comfortable now sharing amongst each other. Um, I would say definitely cooling down. So remove yourself from the service, go into your galley area, put on the air vent. Um, hydration, absolutely, one million percent, plenty of water. And um, well, I drink a lot of hot water and I'm in, in work. And I have a little botanical scent, a hand cream okay. that I use as well. Um, but Remove yourself from the service. It's okay to remove yourself from that service for a couple of moments. Again, you are communicating. You're not a victim of it. If you stand there and you're trying to serve somebody through a hot flush, that is not going to work. You're not giving your best. You're not being your It's okay. It's not a failure to remove yourself for a couple of moments. 
look after yourself first. Think about, I mean, I think it's, it's great irony that in our safety demonstration, the first thing we say is place the oxygen mask on yourself before you assist somebody else. If you don't have the oxygen to look after yourself, how can you look after anybody else? Yeah. If you don't remove yourself from the service while you're feeling vulnerable and you continue to stand there or observe, you're not being your best. You're not giving your best. It's okay to remove yourself. And that's when I say cherish the moment. Celebrate, acknowledge. Cherish that moment and then communicate. It's okay to say, listen, I'm really sorry. I've, I had a hot flush there. I had to, get, I had to move away. And, and then you are, again, creating an awareness. Yeah. And you're very comfortable being uncomfortable. And those around you will become very comfortable with your conversation. They may not care for your conversation. But it will happen one day and they will remember that conversation. So as long as we keep communicating those moments and to be comfortable communicating the moments, it will evolve and it will progress. So from a coach... Sorry, go on, continue, Louise. From the coaching perspective that I'd like to offer, one is we all, we all work to the goals of our company. So what are your own goals? And how are you going to achieve your own goals? So I think by having our, our, you know, focus groups amongst each other and get a greater, as I said, understanding, we will achieve a lot more. And I think you will see progress. And I think um, even down to how people behave, their performance amongst each other, I can see I have a great, I'm very optimistic of how that will work. So Louise, tell me, what, what kind of inspires you or motivates you? Is there any music out there or anything that really kind of, you know, gets you going in the, in the morning or the day ahead? One of my favourites, um, one of my favourite songs, and I always think of a lot of people when I, I hear it, is uh, I love M people, always did. But uh, Search for the Hero Inside Yourself, I absolutely think we're all heroes. And if actually, if you took the time to listen to the words, you'd soon realise how much of a hero you are and it's okay to love yourself and it's okay to get lost sometimes but it's okay to find yourself and that hero is definitely inside there and um, I find that a particularly inspiring song um, and I love it I, I find when I'm you know especially when we get over the line at the marathons or we're at races um, or setting goals for ourselves it's when you achieve the goal yeah that's the song that always comes to my mind um, and I find it very empowering and a very powerful powerful words so yeah that's one of my favorites of it's a pretty um, cool song louise i have to say i think uh some of our listeners should check it out it's uh what is it it's search for the hero inside yourself but the search, end people is it or the hero and it's m people yeah MP. well you can all check that out so louise tell me um uh, where can uh, our listeners find you or are you on social media do you have a website you can find me on facebook instagram linkedin and bloodlightcoaching.com Excellent. So thank you very much, uh, Louise, uh, from floodlightcoaching.com, Little Steps to Big Places. I'm sure we'll hear Louise again in the near future on another podcast. And uh, thanks again, Louise. Thanks, David. It's a pleasure.